Hello. Welcome to the Reflecting Rice podcast. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to be talking about the gospel and what it means for us. To start off, though, we're going to have a word of prayer. Okay. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this day. Um, I just thank you for blessing us with this opportunity. I pray for all the listeners out there, Lord, that you'll just have a good day as well. I pray that you'll just use what we're saying today to speak to their hearts. I pray that you'll speak through us today and help us to just serve and honor you um, in whatever we do. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Ooh. Okay. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about the gospel and what it means for us. I think the gospel is a term that like gets used all the time. And for the longest time, I didn't actually know like what it was. Mm. I was just like, oh, yeah, the gospel. Like, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, what's the gospel? I'm like, I don't, it's just the gospel. Like, yeah. just a big story. Yeah. <laughs> no one has any idea what it actually is. Yeah. Oh. So we're going to kind of break down the gospel story. So basically, the gospel is like Jesus, like his birth, his death, his life, and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, how, how, like salvation and like how salvation is. And how that impacts us. Yes. Um, but we want to start off with just who who is God? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure some of you out here are like, I don't even know what this, like, what we're all talking about here. Right. So we want to start with just like who God is and his character. Mm-hmm. So this can be so confusing because God, when we talk about God, we have to talk about the Trinity, which is God three in one. So he's three persons in one. So God, the Father uh, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, in Matthew twenty eight nineteen, in the Great Commission, when he's like talking about like, or it says, um, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so that's where it like specifically says like the names, but there are many places in the Bible where it talks about like the different, the different like parts of the Trinity of God, like, like in the Garden of Gethsemane, like Jesus is God, but he also was praying to the father, like he was the son praying to the father, but they're both still God. It's so confusing, but like, we're not necessarily expected to understand that. Like that's an eternal thought and like, we do our best to understand it here, but like, it's all gonna make sense when we're in heaven. Yeah. Uh, Another thing we wanna do is just explain God's character. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Exodus 34, six through seven says this. And it says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. I think it just like, so beautifully depicts that one God's saying this himself mm-hmm. like he is telling us his character yeah but also like his character is pretty darn amazing yeah like not a lot of us have all these qualities well no one has all these right. qualities and can keep them perfectly right and like it's it's hard for us sometimes to understand like how love and just a love and just God go together because like we're like oh well how could he punish us if he loves us but like the most loving thing he can do for us is punish the wicked. Mm-hmm. Like, like consider yourself like in a situation like, okay, there is this movie called The Shack. I don't know if you've seen yes. it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so Watch good. Watch this movie. It is so good. So The Shack and he, um, and this guy, like his daughter is abducted and murdered. And, um, and in the movie, he, 
like he sees God and he sees like the Trinity and he's like with them and he stays with them and he's like just trying to understand like how could you do this let this happen to my daughter and then also um it's just like this like cool picture of like the most loving thing that God could do for that man is like bring justice for his daughter Mm -hmm. you know and like it's not it's not like out of anger or like or hatred that God is like well, you did this like you need to be like like punished punished yeah but it's like he's a just god and he cannot stand sin mm-hmm. and how could we trust a god yeah that would let those things happen without any punishment yeah you know that's Very also true. his character as well and we need to be able to mm-hmm. trust someone and you can't truly trust someone if they're letting things like that slide yeah or sinful character slide yeah so basically sure. we want to start with like the creation story here mm-hmm. of just how like everything started. Yeah. Um, and all of this um, is in Genesis one and two. We're not going to read it because it's pretty long and we have a lot of content we want to get through, but we just want to like label what the seven days were. So day one was light and darkness. Day two sky separated from water. Day three dry land. Day four, the sun, moon and stars. Day five, Sea and sky creatures. We're getting too into the rap. Day six, land animals and humans. Oh, and this day is pretty important because, I mean, this is the day we're created. Uh And in Genesis 2, 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. It's so cool. Because, like, everything else that God created... He spoke into existence. He said, let there be light and things like that. But with man, he like took the time to form us. Mm -hmm. And he took the time to have that intimate connection with us as well. Uh Like what truer like description of love is than like a God who takes the time not only to like just create us, but like form us and make us in his image. Uh Uh-huh. It's so cool. And then on the seventh day, God rested and he looked over creation and said it was very good and and after he that's another thing like with like like god's like relationship with us being so intimate like when he created everything else he looked at it and he said it it was good and then he created man and he said it was very good Mm -hmm. like he like we are his like treasured possession um but yeah so anyway he rested and he like said it is it is good and and then in genesis 1 31 that's when he said, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Um, and like everything was perfect. Then in Genesis 2, 3, it says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. But I think it's important for us to note that like God did not need rest. Yeah. He's a pretty cool guy. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. He can create the universe and just be like, Jay chilling. Yeah. He, he doesn't need to sleep, but like he knew that as humans, like we would need that. Because, like, we are not that powerful and amazing. Mm -hmm. And, like, we need rest. And so, like, God rested on the seventh day for us as, like, an example. Showing us, like, you know, like, we need need to rest. Not only our bodies, but our minds. And, like, refocus and recenter on Him. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's just important to note that. That, like, God did not need rest, but He knew that we would need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So God created a beautiful garden, yes. the Garden of Eden, and this is where Adam and Eve stayed. Mm-hmm. Beautiful place, mm-hmm. so pretty. 
Um, that's where Adam named the animals. That's where he and Eve just like lived their lives. And they mm -hmm. lived in the presence of God. Like God was a spiritual being like in the garden of yeah. Eden. So they had like not only physical connection with God, they had a spiritual connection as well. Mm -hmm. um, and there was one tree in the garden of Eden and it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And it was the only thing in the whole garden that God was like, stay away from this. Mm -hmm. And everything else you can have, everything else is here for you. Like I've put it all here for you, except don't eat of this one good of this one tree. Yeah, it's not a good tree. It's not. It's a bad tree. It's a bad tree. It's a bad tree. Um, but there was a slithery snake, who is Satan. What a terrible yes. guy. He stinks, <sighs> man. Yeah, we hate Satan. If you can't tell, yeah. <laughs> and, um, the snake tempted Eve to eat this tree. He's like, "Ooh, look at this tasty apple!" Like. You're going to have the knowledge of God if you eat of this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, like, Satan tricked her into believing that, like, the reason God didn't want her to eat of the tree was because she would be equal to him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he completely twisted God's character and was like, oh, he, the only reason he, like, he told you you would die. But the only reason he doesn't want you to eat of this tree is because you'll be like him. And mm -hmm. he doesn't want you to be like him. Satan's the one that wanted to be better than God. Yeah. Like. Anyway, I so, think it's cool too that it shows the clear depiction of like Satan the one Satan is the one that tempts us, but uh -huh. we're the ones that act on the temptation. Yeah. Like there is a separation there. Mm -hmm. But so Eve ate this apple. And then she was also like, Hey Adam, like I brought you I brought you home like this sweet dinner. Look at this, hon. Have this tasty apple. It's <laughs> actually condemnation in hell. <laughs> and it's just like also like things that look so good to us and so pleasing, like we don't understand the consequences mm -hmm. until we're like living them and we're like, wow, we're terrible. Yeah. Messed like, up way too late. Yeah. Yeah. So when they ate of that apple, that's the moment that sin entered the, entered the world because mm -hmm. they sinned against God. God told mm -hmm. them no. And they decided they knew what was best for themselves mm -hmm. better than what God knew was best for them. Yeah. And they ate of this apple. So yeah. let's clarify what sin is. Yes. So sin is the loss of oneness with God and separation from him um, because God is perfect and we are not. And God cannot be in the presence of evil because he is holy and righteous. And so, like, I think that's like it's important to understand that like sin is separation from God, because I think it's so easy when we view sin as simply like rules of what to do and what not to do because of like what God says, like, like, yeah, like sin is going against what God says. But like when that's all we view it as, I feel like it's so easy to be like, oh, well, all I did was like talk in a tone that wasn't kind. Mm -hmm. Or all I did was like steal some gum from a candy shop. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. But like every sin that we commit is separation from God. Mm -hmm. Even the small ones, like or the ones that seem small to us, yeah. they're not small to him. Yeah, because we have a holy and righteous God. Yeah. And that's the standard for getting mm -hmm. into heaven. And so when we can't meet that standard, we are separated from him. Yeah. Um, I think another good question is like, how could God send people into hell? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are here like, what kind of good God does that? Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. but like, let's just clarify a little bit. Yeah. So like, okay, the thing is because of sin, we are all already going to hell. Like, I don't, I don't like it when people say God sends people to hell because that's where we're already going. Mm -hmm. The only reason we don't go to hell is because God takes us out of that. Yeah. When we like accept him as our Lord and Savior, like we are not 
We are not like already going to heaven and then God says, oh, well, you did something I don't like. You're going to hell now. Like, no, it's the opposite. We're already going to hell. Mm -hmm. And God is taking us out of that when we put our faith in him. Yeah. Because of sin, we deserve to die. Mm -hmm. um, and Romans 3.10 says, none is righteous. No, not one. Yeah. So like we can't, we can't be like, oh, well, we're pretty good. Like, I don't think God should send me to hell, but I don't really believe in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is not like the question of whether or not you're a decent person. Mm -hmm. This is whether or not you meet the standard of a perfect and yeah. holy God. We're and no one does. Yeah. We're not comparing ourselves to other people. We're comparing ourselves to God, mm -hmm. like in this standard. Like we can't be like, oh, well, compared to this person, God doesn't care how you are compared to that person. He cares how you are compared to his perfect son mm -hmm. and his holy self. Romans 3.23 also says, for all have sinned, mm -hmm. not shinned, for all have sinned <laughs> and fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So everyone's messed up. Everyone's yeah. screwed up really, really badly. And we all fall short. No one can make it. And not that we should take comfort in that, but no, like you aren't alone in that. Like everyone falls short. Yeah. We all stink. Yeah. We're all bad. <laughs> We're all just rough. And it's also like every, okay, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So I think it's like, like everything in this world is evil. Mm -hmm. And like we are evil without Christ because every good and perfect gift is from above. It's nothing that it's nothing that we do. It's nothing from this world. Like it's all from him. And so like he is the one that's pulling us out of darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for personal ref like experience, like everything we do, even the best things we do are tainted with our sin. Yeah. Like we me and Emily were talking about this last night. Mm -hmm. Is I was saying, you know, doing this podcast is such a like amazing gift that the Lord has given us. And we have yeah. such an opportunity and a platform to share his word. Mm -hmm. And my sinful thoughts like to creep in and say, This is gonna make you look so good. You are gonna seem so wise. Yes. Like people are gonna think you're the best Christian ever. Yeah. And that's not, that's not true. That's so twisted. And it's so gross that I'm yeah. taking something that should serve and honor the Lord. And I'm trying to like make myself look good out of this. And this isn't even about me. Yeah. But that's what we do as humans, as yeah. sinful creatures. We take every good thing and we twist it and mm -hmm. we add our sin and yeah. our, and our just dirtiness. It's to gross. It. And it's all tainted. Yeah. Oh. I just, I make myself sick. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to go take a shower. Like, I'm such a disgusting person, <laughs> you know? Like, when you actually think about it, like, everything that, yeah, like, just everything you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yes. But that's not the end because. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Thank the Lord because we need it. Yeah. Um, like, well, we're separated. So, like, what can we do to be with God mm -hmm. again? Like, thankfully, it's nothing that we have to do. Mm -hmm. Like, God loves us enough to send his own son to die for us so that we don't have to do anything mm -hmm. except believe. Yeah. And like, except the gift that he's giving us through his son's death. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. He's not coming to us once we're all cleaned up. Mm -hmm. He's not coming to us once we're done with our pornography addiction. He's not coming to us once we're done lying and murdering and thieving and all the things that the bible talks about he's not done with us or he's not coming for us when we're done partying and drinking and mm -hmm. doing drugs he's not coming for us when we're done with all of our sinfulness yeah he, he meets he, us where we're yes. at he's like i understand that you are broken 
but I still love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's depicted early on when he forms us, mm -hmm. but he continues to show his love for us. Yes. Like even over after we've over. messed up. Yeah. yeah. Over and over and over again. Like that's just so crazy. And yeah. I mean, something you could think about is just like we like our worst moments, like those are the moments that God chose, like, I'm going to die for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were, Kennedy and I were at a conference this past weekend and they were talking about Peter and they said, and they said like, they were talking about like Peter's worst sin or greatest sin was when he denied Jesus three times. But Peter's greatest sin happened after he already knew Christ. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen before. Yeah. And I just think that's really cool that like, like, it's not like once we know God, like, he expects us to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he continues to meet us where we're at, yeah. even when we're, like, pursuing him and yeah. loving him. Because Peter loved God. Yeah. So, so dearly. Mm -hmm. But his own sin and temptation, like, clouded that. Yeah. And God still went out of his way to be like, Peter, do you love me? Mm -hmm. Peter, do you love me? He still, like, he went to Peter, mm -hmm. met him where he was at. Yeah. And said... You're going to build my church. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because in the scripture, when Peter's denying him, there's a charcoal fire. And when God is asking Peter, Peter, do you love me? There's a charcoal fire is there. Like what beautiful depiction of God's love is like, he literally met Peter where he was at yeah. with the charcoal fire. Huh, yeah, so cool. It's so cool. Tingles. Tingles. <laughs> but yes. So, okay. Continuing on with the story. So, so far God created us. We sinned. Jesus has sent his son into the world. Mm -hmm. um, so Christ, Christ's birth as Jesus, he was born as an infant in a manger, not a king in a palace. Like the king of the world who loves us so much humbled himself to be born in a manger. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes we can be like, why in the world would he do that? Like, it would have yeah. been so much easier to see him if he would have just, like, come and been like, hey, I'm this majestic being. Serve yeah. me. Like, I think one of the reasons that, they, that he, like, he chose to come as a baby in a manger um, was because everyone was expecting a majestic king. Because, like, the, the prophecies, like, talked about, like, a messiah coming. And a messiah literally means anointed one. And, like, so they were all expecting some king mm -hmm. to come and be their messiah and so like the because the king's main responsibility in those days was to like fight battles mm -hmm. and save them from save their them enemies from their physical enemies but like jesus was there to save them from their like spiritual enemy mm -hmm. and um but they were not expecting a lowly a lowly like boy carpenter's son mm -hmm. born in a manger they were expecting a king yeah and so but like if they had believed that he was if all of the people believed that Jesus was the Messiah because he came as this majestic king and was like, hey, here I am, like serve me, then like or like not even just like serve me, but like I am your Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. then and if everyone believed in him, he wouldn't have been crucified and our sins wouldn't have been covered. So throughout Christ's life, so like uh, he came down as a baby, grew up, and he started his ministry. More At the age of 30, 30, right? Yeah. So he grew up, but like even as a young boy, like he would like preach mm -hmm. the gospel or like preach about his like father and stuff, which is so cool. But so yeah, as like throughout his life, um, 
He did a lot of miracles. Yeah. And so we're just going to touch on a few of them. Mm -hmm. The first one being his very first miracle um, when he turns water into wine. Yeah. And this is found in John 2, 1 through 11. Yeah. Again, kind of a long story. We're not going to read all of these, but... But basically, there was a party. The wine ran out. Yeah. And Jesus' mother, Mary, came to him and he was, and she was like, can you please, like, do a miracle, perform yeah. a miracle? And he's like, my time has not come, woman. Yeah. And yet <laughs> he's still... Woman. <laughs> he's still... And she's like, no, I'm like, please. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. And it's, like, the best wine of the party. And yeah. they're like, why did you wait to, like, serve the good wine until late? Yeah. Like, usually we use the, like, cruddy stuff now. But yeah. that was just... Jesus doesn't make bad wine, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's also cool, like, we are talking about this a little bit last night, how, like... Like, at first, he's like, no, my time has not yet come. But I feel like it's, again, just, like, showing, like, God meets us where we're at. Mm -hmm. And and that was what Mary needed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so he was willing to do that for her because mm -hmm. he loves her. Yeah. The other miracle we want to talk about is feeding the 5,000. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about feeding 5,000 people, but that sounds stressful as Even it like is. Even, grad party. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was, what, like, 200? I don't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> like, yeah. But this is 5,000 men. So there was probably more because you have their wives and their children mm -hmm. as well. And the only food that anyone brought was five loaves of bread and two fish. Mm -hmm. And Jesus... I could eat all that by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like one person's meal. Yeah. And Jesus, serving his people, created so much food from these five loaves and two fish that there were 12 leftover baskets and people were stuffed to the brim. Yeah. Like, it's not like they, like, nibbled a little bit and they were like, oh, I had a few crumbs. Thank you, Lord. Like, they were full mm -hmm. and they were still left over. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah. And this is found in John 6, 1 through 14, if you guys want to look and read that story yeah. as well. The next one, this is one of my favorite ones, honestly. Mm -hmm. This was, is a beautiful story. Yeah, when Jesus was walking on the water. So his disciples were in a boat and there's a storm and they see Jesus walking to them. And they're like, oh, it's a ghost. And they're like, like, they didn't think it could be God or they, they're like, why, how, like, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'm like, how was their first thought? Not like, oh, hey, Jesus, mm -hmm. like, oh, it's a ghost coming. Like, what in the world? But I'm like, that would be me too. Mm -hmm. Like, but anyway, so Jesus comes to them in the middle of the storm and then he calls Peter out to him to walk on the water with him. Yeah. Like Jesus' miracle was not only that he walked on water, but like, Peter walked on water with him. Mm -hmm. That wasn't Peter's doing. Yeah. That was Jesus. And all Peter had to do was believe that Jesus mm -hmm. could do this for him. Yeah. And when Peter walks on the water, he, at first he's like, heck yeah, I'm walking on water. Yeah. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of a storm walking on water. And he starts yeah. freaking out and he starts like not trusting God and uh -huh. trusting like his plan. But Jesus comes to Peter as he's starting to like drown in this water and he picks us up and he catches us when we're falling. Mm -hmm. And that's just so crazy. Like the Lord's love that when we're in the midst of this storm and it's hard to see where like God is working and where he's at in all of this. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to believe that he's even there. Yeah. And he still comes out of his way to pick us up and be like, I'm going to do this with you. You are not alone. Yeah. And I'm going to walk this with you. It's such a beautiful reminder. Like for me, like I've like as someone that like I've struggled with doubt in my past and like doubting just like everything about like God and who he is. And it's just like so comforting to me to know that like when I don't have, when I have the faith, when I have faith the size of a mustard seed, like he's still like 
reaches me out and pulls me out of the waves. Mm -hmm. Like it's not dependent on my faith because if it was, wow, like I, I'm so weak. And like, Mm -hmm. like I love that song lyric where it's like prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. And like, we are so like, like our faith is so weak, Mm -hmm. but like, it's so comforting to know that like, our salvation is not dependent on our faith. Yeah. Like God reaches us out and pull, reaches us and pulls us out of the waves. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool. But anyway, so that story is in Matthew 14 verses 22 through 33. Oh, now we're getting to some pretty cool stuff. Yes. Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Four days dead. Four days dead. Like not, not three days. Four days. Not two minutes. Yeah. Four four days Mm -hmm. dead. And if this is not a preview, I don't know what would be. (laughs) Because this is like literally Jesus showing like, I have the power to raise people from the dead. Like death has no power over me. Mm -hmm. And then he proceeds later to do it on himself. Yeah. Yeah. But so it's just so cool that like, so like it it talks about this in John 11, um, like one through 44 is like the whole story. So you can go and read it. But like, when like Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick before and he chose not to come yet. And it's just like, like he knew that he was about to reveal like his power to Mm -hmm. a bunch of people, but he still like, I feel like the story is such a beautiful picture of like Jesus, like is fully man and fully God. Cause like he knows, like he knows that he will raise Lazarus from the dead, but still when Jesus comes and sees all of Lazarus friends and family, like Mm -hmm. mourning, like Jesus weeps. Because mm-hmm. he's like, like he also loved Lazarus. Lazarus was his friend. Like mm-hmm. it's not like he wanted Lazarus to die. Yeah. But it's like he knew that he had the power, that like God had the power to raise him from the dead. Yeah. But he still like wept and took the time mm-hmm. to mourn with the people. Yeah. I think another cool thing about this passage is like Mary Magdalene and all the other people that loved Lazarus were waiting on Jesus to come and save them. And they're like, when is he going to come? Like, why isn't he coming? I just don't understand. It's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to like, this is just going to end so badly if he doesn't come. Yeah. And Jesus being the amazing God he is, turns this sad, sad story into this beautiful love story where he turns like this, this experience that's supposed to be terrible and he shows his love and glory through that. And he yeah. can do that with any situation. He, our, His plans may not be our own, but his plans are so much better than mm-hmm. ours could possibly be. Because Jesus was glorified so much more yeah. through raising Lazarus from the dead than he would be from healing him when he was sick. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, because like death in our eyes is the most powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Like if people are like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, oh, someone could die. Like, and like in our mind, like death is the worst possible thing. Yeah, because you can't come back from that. Mm-hmm. Unless Jesus. Yeah. Like Jesus has the power. It's so cool. But yeah, so how we talked about like, that's a preview. Jesus' greatest miracle is him dying on the cross and rising again. And both of those, like him dying on the cross and him like raising from the dead, I feel like are both like separate. They're separate miracles. Mm -hmm. Because like him dying on the cross, it's a miracle that that takes away our sins. Yeah. And then him raising from the dead that's a miracle because that means eternal life with him. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. So like, and like Jesus, like dying on the cross, like that was the most ugly death he could have possibly went through. Like he was mocked, beaten, dehumanized, whipped, tortured. Like he was not only physically abused, he was emotionally abused. Yeah. The things that they said about him and to him and like, 
Like, I can't imagine going through that. Mm -hmm. Well, especially because he's the son of God. He yeah. has no reason to be killed right now. Right. And these people are saying, like, you are lying. You are making up these false, like, lies. And you aren't who you say you if are. If you're really the son of God, like, save yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, how did Jesus stay silent? Yeah. Like, how did he let people question who he was? And it's like, if that's not a picture of love, like, I don't know what is in that sense either, because mm -hmm. this man is being questioned for everything he is. And he's literally God of the universe. Yeah. And he still stayed quiet so that he could save us. So that's just like the most beautiful picture ever mm -hmm. of this God that loves us. But even more so, he was dying on this, this cross. And that was just such a miracle because it covered our sin. Mm -hmm. And in the end, Jesus says, to telestai, which means it is finished. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, to telestai is kind of a cool word, but just like the meaning, like it is finished. Like all of our sins are paid for. All of our debt is covered. Mm -hmm. Like we are not stuck in our sin anymore. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And he paid the whole penalty for our sins through mm -hmm. his crucifixion. We should have been the ones on that cross. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, no, I love you too much to do that. Yeah. And so I'm going to take this for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to like, sacrifice myself for us. Yeah. And even like if it was just you who messed up, he would still do it a thousand mm -hmm. times over. Yeah. Yeah. So what does this mean for us? Uh, well, through the eyes of the Father, then we are no longer our sin. And everything that Jesus did is now true of us. So mm -hmm. when Jesus comes again, which would be the second coming, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, the Lord, when seeing all of us on Judgment Day, instead of seeing our sin and how we've messed up and how we've fallen short and how we've done these terrible, ugly, horrendous things, he will see his son with the holes in his hands crucified for us, mm -hmm. his perfect son who didn't mess up once in his whole entire life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's beautiful. so cool. In 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it says, um, the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last Adam, a living, a life-giving spirit. So like the Bible describes Jesus as the second Adam or the, the new Adam or the last Adam. And because and then in Romans, it also I think it's in Romans. It also talks about this where it's like how just as like the one sin of Adam and Eve caused us all to like or like turn us all to damnation mm -hmm. yeah to cause us all to fall just in, like in the same way the one act of jesus caused us all to have a way to salvation mm -hmm. so like people are like oh well adam's the one that sinned i didn't i didn't sin like i don't deserve this but like god is giving us the same the same rescue and like redemption that he gave the first sinners mm -hmm. yeah so the coolest part of the story is the fact that Jesus did not stay dead. Mm -hmm. After three days, he resurrected himself. Yeah. Which literally is impossible. Like, that's like so crazy. How yeah. did, like, how did he do that? Like, only the glory and the power and the majesty of God could do that. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And it just symbolizes and shows that God is more powerful than death. Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, the worst thing that we can possibly endure on earth is nothing in the face of God. Yeah. It shows no threat to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, death, ha, psych. Yeah, like, that's nothing to me. That's nothing. Like, ah, it's just so cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then also the fact that, like, he knows, he knows, like, the weakness of the human heart. And he came back and appeared 
to his disciples and showed himself to 500 plus people. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about this in 15, 3 through 8. It says, For I delivered to you as of first, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one ultimately born, he appeared also to me. So, like, he he showed himself to so many people after he raised himself from the dead because, like, we needed that. And it's also called, like, it says, like, um, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. So, it's like, he gave this account and then was like, Oh yeah, these are like eyewitnesses. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, like people are like, oh, the Bible. Like, how do I trust the Bible? Like, if that wasn't true, those people would have been like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Like, Cephas would have been like, no. Like, I never. Yeah, saw there would have been accounts that said yeah. like, oh, this son of this man never happened. Yeah, like this is false. Mm-hmm. Like, but no, like he came to these people, and these people were eyewitnesses. Yeah, and okay, this is like my favorite. One of my favorite parts of this whole thing is doubting Thomas. So, like, he appeared to the disciples twice. The first time, Thomas wasn't with them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the disciples come to Thomas, and they're like, dude, you have no idea. Like, we just saw Jesus. Yes. Like, ah! everything everything that he has said, like, the, th- the things that he said about, like, after three days, like, like Jesus has hinted to this multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the prophecy was true. Yeah. And, like, Thomas is still like, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, until I touch with my hands and see with my own eyes, I will not believe. Yeah. And that's like so true of like humanity. Mm-hmm. Like it's like how many things, how many, like how many miracles did Thomas see Jesus perform? Yeah. Like, and how many times have we seen God like intercede in for us lives. and work in us? And we're still like, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But like, then God came back for Thomas. Like how you said, like he would die over and over for the one person. Like he came back for the one person that he knew needed him. Yeah. And he was like, and he was like, Thomas, like, touch my side and touch my, like, Mm -hmm. wrists and, like. See and believe. See and believe. Like, I am here. Mm -hmm. And it's just my favorite thing ever that, like, God, again, just meets us where we're at. Yeah. And, oh, it makes me. That's kind of the theme of this story is. Yeah. Jesus meets you where you're at. Yeah. But also, like, it would have been so, like, okay. Jesus literally just was crucified, tortured, all that died for three days like he could have easily been like yeah i'm just like i'm really craving my throne right now like i just want to go sit and relax a bit like chill but he was like no like this is not done yet like these people still need me on earth and even after he left earth he still gave us something so that even when he's gone we still have that connection with him and that's the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and he first gave that to the disciples but we all have that when we um, believe in christ as well Mm -hmm. so the holy spirit lives within us and that's just really cool because that gives us that connection with God. And mm-hmm. the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is in the Old Testament, there was no Holy Spirit. So you just had the law mm-hmm. and the law only brought death because you can't fulfill the law yeah. because we're not perfect. But the Holy Spirit gives life because mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit, we're able to have that connection with God and believe in him and have him in our hearts with mm-hmm. us. And that brings us life. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool. Yeah that he does that for us. Yeah, it is so cool. So, okay, so that's like Jesus' birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And then, the, like, so now, like, that's where we are with the gospel so far. And now the second coming is 
where Jesus returns to wipe every tear, this final judgment, he creates a new heaven out of earth and we live in perfect eternal life, praising God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And like, that is such a beautiful picture, but like, that's eternity. Mm -hmm. That is not like, eternity is like impossible for us to understand, but like, that's forever. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like so important to like understand the gospel because like when we don't have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's eternity in hell. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's a, that's hard for a lot of people to accept mm-hmm. that like there's a hell. Yeah. But God talks about it. It's real. It's like that's that's a reality. Mm-hmm. And like that's something that like it, that like that's scary. Yeah. To think about the fact that like people that we know that don't know Christ are going to be suffering in hell for eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't get to celebrate serving the Lord together with them yeah. because they didn't believe. Yeah, it just puts like such an urgency on sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, okay, the second coming, Jesus returns. And then he, yeah, final judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, And that day, you know, he's going to, you know, like, be like, come to heaven with me mm-hmm. like my child. Or he's going to be like, turn away from me. I never knew you. Mm-hmm. So even those who are like, oh, I believe in, like, I know God exists, but they're mm-hmm. not actively pursuing him or their lives aren't completely changed. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus didn't know them. Yeah. So it's not just like, but like saying like, oh yeah, there's a God. Mm-hmm. It's believing Jesus is your Lord and your savior yeah. and living your life to serve yeah. him is what's the defining characteristic of yes. Christianity. Yeah. And okay. I, when you're talking about like when we see Jesus and he like says this, he's either going to say like, well done, my good and faithful servant or turn away and never knew you. It reminds me of this song where it's like, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like, well done, well done, my good and faithful one. Welcome to the place where you belong. Yeah. Well done. Anyway. And that like every time I sing that song, I just like, it just like, I like long to hear that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like oh, haste in the day. Yes, haste in the day. Like, <laughs> I can't like like that's just gonna be such a beautiful day, mm-hmm. and like I want to make sure that my life is something that gives me confidence that when I meet the Lord, He's gonna say, "Well done, good and faithful servant," mm-hmm. because I lived a life that served Him well, mm-hmm. and and not that it's anything that you can do, right? But knowing that, like, I love. Yes, Lord. it's because of love for him uh-huh. that I would live for him. Mm-hmm. And so just like knowing that like he loved me so much that I can give my life to him. Yeah. I think the most, my favorite depiction of the second coming is the fact that Jesus is going to come and wipe every tear from our mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. And that's just going to be so beautiful because on this earth, I, I know you guys all know this, our world is so broken and there's so much sadness and hurt, not only in our own lives, but in the whole world, especially with just everything going on. Mm-hmm. in today's day and age and the fact that when jesus comes again he's going to have that intimate father-like moment where he wipes the tear from your eyes mm-hmm. because we don't have any sorrows in heaven that's just so cool mm-hmm. that's like the time for being sad is finally over like the the worst emotion ever like mm-hmm. you don't have to feel it anymore yeah because i have come and i've come to save you yeah for eternity Mm-hmm. And we just get to celebrate and praise the Lord forever in heaven. And I yeah. think that's the most beautiful picture we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And with that, we just want to say, like, thank you for sticking with us. And like that, like, just I hope that this like helped you understand, 
like the gospel and how amazing God is mm-hmm. and just like what that all means for us and how important that is and how that changes our lives. Yeah. And in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about why do we need the gospel and mm-hmm. why do we need Jesus and how do we become saved? Yeah. Because we hear all this amazing, like this amazing stuff and it's so, so cool. But what do we do with that? And how does that apply to me? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So join us next time. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Super mm. excited. Love Jesus. But we love you guys. And, and God, God loves, loves you, you most. Oh. He loves you most, folks. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time.